Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018. So I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8 p.m. to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyze stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Center. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. Now tonight, uh, well, we're seeing a start to everyone getting back to what feels more normal or more, no, more normal human existence as restri restrictions are being eased around the country. And I think I need new teeth, Janine. I can't get them to work properly. So over the coming months, this easing is set to increase. But I can see now that uh, even if you're someone who's very fit and you happen to sneeze, we need to be prepared for people to rush around in the opposite direction with scared looks on their faces. Sort of what, what I look like like when I get around Collingwood supporters. Um, this is very much a reality in this new world we live in and so we do need to be prepared to settle into a new norm. Now we hope you've had a good week and are ready to, for what I know will be another great stock market show tonight. There's always something interesting happening on the Australian market uh, but tonight we're covering world markets as well but tonight as always we'll shed some light on what the current market is and we'll inform and educate you on the realities of investing and trading. Now tonight's topic um, economic recession 2020, will the Australian stock market rise or fall? Which is a really interesting question we're getting asked a lot now. Now, wouldn't it have been funny if I just made, put your name next to all of those bits and kept, you, you thought you probably thought, Where, where's Janine coming up here? She's, I know, thank what you. Doing? Make me do the whole thing. <laughs> okay, our topic for tonight reflects a saying from one of the most famous investors, Warren Buffett, who said, buy in doom and sell in boom. Is that it? Yep, that is <laughs> something like um, and last week it was announced that Australia has gone into an economic recession which is expected to last around six months or so. So I think people are sort of licking their finger and holding it up in the wind trying to work out where, you know, how long that will be. Um, and so this is about um, whether the Australian stock market's likely to rise or fall over this time and that's what we're focusing on tonight. As always, we look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in and give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you going? Well, now we've got that out of the road. I'm quite good, actually. It's, I don't know. I'm That's reading the words, start, but I couldn't. It? I know. I was like, you read words and you just your brain goes to mush. Have you ever had that happening? <laughs> yes. Oh, it was just terrible. So actually, that reminds I do me. Tonight, I didn't put any blush on. I don't know if you noticed, but no, I, didn't I thought most shows I tend to go a shade of red anyway. So what's the point in putting that on? Well, you know, I normally get a red nose when I drink too much wine, <laughs> but it's got. It was a point. bit like the first time that I ever did a presentation with, with you, and you got mm. me 
me up the front and I was wearing a red jumper. Oh, yes, you were. Oh, that you? was just so poorly organised on my part in terms of the dress code. I just sort of should have picked blue, I think, or something like that. It's always safe when you're presenting to pick blue rather than red, but yeah, anyway, but yep. that's okay. But um, I had somebody ask me earlier um, that says, why are you called Australia's most trusted stock market educator? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you want to tell them or do you want me to tell them? Well, we've got the only accredited course for a start. That's mm. one of the um, the big ones for us and we're pretty proud of it. Yeah, we have. And mm. I mean, you know, that's what I say to people. It's like, you know, we have an AFSL licence. We you know we've been a fund manager. We're, we're an RTO, another licence that we've got. You know, our courses on the ASIC training register, financial planners and accountants can get CPD points and things like that. And, you know, the Malaysian government's approved our course as well mm. for their financial industry. So... That's really why we're the most trusted, you know, mm. and, and it's interesting how people don't understand some of those um, qualifications that we've got. People don't really understand how hard it is to become an RTO and to keep an RTO and get an, get an accredited course. I mean, yeah. it's a huge amount just mm. to get an accredited course, let alone keep it. Mm. And we're going through the audit process again shortly. For oh, our, look, I for remember our, back mm. in the GFC when all, mm. just before the GFC, when all of that was going on and we mm. kept see, hearing all these people saying, I'm going to a weekend workshop. Oh, how much is that costing you? Mm. A couple of grand. Why would you spend that amount of money for a weekend workshop? And, you know, they mm. didn't appreciate that they couldn't learn to trade in just a weekend. Mm. Yeah, it's really, thing. it's one of those things that people think, you know, one day that can be mm. working full time and the next day they go to a weekend workshop and then they want to trade full time. But I think they were trying to fast track it, you know, because the market was going up and up and thinking yeah. they're going to miss out. It's that old adage, isn't it? <laughs> now, if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. As always, keep your comments tonight constructive so that we can assist as many people as possible with genuine questions. Now, tonight, if is your first time, then may I say a big hi to you and welcome. We're excited to have you on board joining us tonight and hope you enjoyed the show. Now, moving on, it's the third Tuesday of the month and that means we look at world markets. So let's get into the charts and discuss our thoughts on what's going on with world markets right now. All right. So on the screen there, you can see that what's happened for the year so far. I thought I'd um, trick you this time and start with the yearly uh, figures. Well done. First time for ages. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, looking at the NASDAQ there, you can see it's on the top of the leaderboard right there at 6.86%. Um, I just want to jump down to the middle of the board there. We can see the Hong um, the Hang. Seng Index, sorry, the Nikkei stock average 225. You must have gone to the same dentist down. as me. Yeah, <laughs> so they're down, they're both down at 15% there. The Tokyo um, Topics 1000 index down 15, and even the DAX is down around 16.5 for the year. So it's just a broad sweep. Looking at the All Ordinaries Index, about 18.3% down. Um, S&P ASX 200, of course, it's not going to be much different. Right down to the bottom there, we can see the CAC index there at 24.75%. So there's a broad range of what's going on. If we look at the S&P 500, which is a big one, down eight, minus 8.57%. So it's actually bounced back uh, along with the rest of market, the global markets at the moment. But still, we're seeing a red board typically across the whole um, of the globe at the moment, except for two at the top. So let's have a look at, at the monthly figures here. It's just, it's just a bit more interesting to see what's been happening over the past month. Now, as we've seen that the um, the, the virus of um, COVID-19, the, the, the talk about the vaccine coming to the forefront at the moment, and there are apparently around 10 vaccines that have been tested. Um, would you want to be one of the people on those human trials? I don't know if I would. Um, and looking at the NASDAQ Composite Index at the top, we've got 3.88% uh, 
up for the month, which is interesting. We're seeing, um, you know, a lot of the, the US market is taking that top section of the board right down to the S&P 500 index up 1.42. But it is a big spread all the way down to the Indian market, which is down 11%, which is interesting. And looking at the ASX 200 down 1%. So, you know, it's not much of a shift there, Dale. For the month, the Australian market is, is you know, pretty line ball, really. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, it, it, today was interesting though in the marketplace for Wasn't our it? market. I mean, mm. you know, I had it was quite interesting. My US market report goes out today, but it gets recorded Sunday time US, so Monday morning for us. Yep. While the US market is closed, so Jim into I chat with Jim at nine a.m. Monday morning Australia, which is seven p.m. his time in the US. So I record that with Friday's data, and somebody saying, "Oh, what?" To, you know, hey, the, the market's up 900 points and 4%, the US market, you know, and it's like, well, you got it wrong. Oh. And it's like, seriously? <laughs> you know, and it's like, but you're allowed people to be think wrong one though. day makes a sheep station <laughs> in a market. It's like, well, one day doesn't make a trend. It doesn't make anything. It's yeah. just one day. And obviously our market went up a yep. little bit yesterday before the US market opened on their Monday. And obviously our market's up today. Mm. But it's broken some interesting levels, our market. So... It yeah. has. It's looking good so far. It's mm. early in the week, though. It's only Tuesday. Mm. So if, if we saw that sort of strong move up on a Thursday, then mm. I'd be a bit more confident. Yeah, about I want a strong close there. at the end of the week. And if that happens, then I'm going to start maybe start to change my view on the market. Mm. I think it looks it's starting to look really, really nice. But but it is interesting how people are saying, oh, they're still fearful of missing out. They want to jump in, and, mm. they, and everybody just wants to jump in. And it's like, well, what is? A safe time to get into the market, so maybe we. But might on touch some on of these big runs that we see after major mm. lows, it, mm. they go on for years they if it's the years. start of a new trend. Mm. So mm. what's the problem here? So yeah, so looking at that, well, look, I'll just cut down to the week just quickly, just to see what a week it's been so far, and the DAX index is the leaderboard. Well, mm. there you go, it's at the top of the leaderboard. That's uh, the FTSE is up there with it as well. So the European market's actually doing really well for the week. The S&P 500 is just um, lagging those markets. Interesting. Shanghai is mm. down there point two. It's lagging behind a little bit because China was holding up really well during the yeah. coronavirus, you know, and strangely mm. it was holding up there. And Hang Seng is up at point five eight. So they're both down the bottom. Yeah, I'm, quite, I'm quite excited that Australia is sitting mm. in the middle at the moment because mm. that's a good sign for Me our too. market. It, and it, you know, we'll see more, I'm sure, coming mm. going forward. I'm excited. Yeah, well, we won't talk about all those squiggly lines again this week. We've we talked that. about that before. I think you confused a few people. It's time to get into our emails, and yet again, we have far more than mm. what we can handle, and we also have a lot of questions in the chat. So thank you for your questions. We're going to be very selective and answer the questions where you give us more detail on the stock or the subject and tell us why you want us to discuss it. And by doing that, you increase your chances of having your questions selected. Most of you who watch the show regularly know how that works. Now, we did get a video question, but it came in way too late for us to get it happening. But um, And sometimes we do get, if you're sending us in questions after 3 p.m. today on an email, you're not going to get on the show. It's just we don't have time to do everything and put it together. But we did get one very, very, but very late. I did late. put it into the script in terms of the question itself. Yeah, yeah, but we can't do it. So it's, it's not time it. sensitive. No, because we can't play it. We don't okay. have time to play it. So whether we can read it out is a different thing. But um, if you do, we Thanks really anyway, do want Sam. to. Yeah, Sam mm. did it. Yeah, so he did. So we'll put you up for next week, matey. So it's going to make you watch next week. But if you <laughs> want to be like Sam who sent us a video, please just use your webcam or your phone and stick it in front of your face for 30 seconds and say, hi, Dale and Janine. Dale, you look really, really good. Janine, you're red. Um, and but then not give up us too your... close. We don't want to see up your nose. Okay. And thanks. And, uh, 
just send That's it through it. and we'd love to have your videos. Videos we'll always put on, so please do do that anyway. But we do have some interesting questions tonight, don't we? We do, actually. I was and wondering I how we were going to get through them all because there are so many email questions and you did cut them down. I was surprised. Well, I did, and I did have to be selective because it really is. If you're just going to put down what do you think of X, Y, Z, then we're not going to cover it. So. Now, I'll put myself first tonight. I thought I'd take the liberty of doing okay, that. put yourself Our first. Our first question is from Thomas. Hi, Dale and Janine. Firstly, congratulations on the soon-to-be 10K subscribers. I think. Thank we've, you for that, we've Thomas. knocked over 10k already. Yay! Um, I've been hooked for the last six weeks and appreciate the free content. My question is: Do dividends play any part in you making a trade in terms of a long-term trade? Also, how do you see dividends playing out over the next few years? To me, they are attractive due to the income and franking credit, and I currently have some big stocks there, Thomas, which is great: BHP, Rio, Macquarie, and Telstra, in my watch list um, with buy orders starting just above previous lows. Now. That last bit is the interesting mm. part, which I, if it's all right with you, if I can just stop there and talk you can about go that for now. your life. Women um, before men or something, isn't it? I thought you were going to say something. Gentlemen last. <laughs> okay. Um, and look, in terms of the, your question, really great and well thought through questions in terms of dividends. Firstly, when we're buying stocks, dividend may be a criteria, but it really depends on what our strategy is at the time. So you're right in asking if it's a long-term proposition, would we consider dividends? And the answer is definitely yes. Even if we're looking for a growth stock, we're still looking for a stock that pays reasonable dividends if it's a more longer-term opportunity that we're looking. So really good question there. The other part of it was, um, I'm just trying to remember now what he said. So he was talking about BHP, Rio and, and Telstra. And buying them off their lows. And, yeah, buying them off their lows. And that was the big thing because you're waiting for the share price to fall. Now, intuitively, does that sound right to you? That's the first thing I'd say because do you want to buy a share that's rising or do you want to buy a share that's falling? Yeah. I mean, if the share has done so much over the past few weeks to work its way higher and all of a sudden it comes all the way back to some previous low, you know, it's got to prove a lot to get back up again. You know, it's like you've been hit over the head and all of a sudden you've got to get back up again. You think about that well, for a minute. What is the low, though? Um, How do you know that's a low? Well, he may be picking a low off a chart, but I don't know whether it's in what context that is, whether mm. it's daily, weekly, mm. whatever. But um, I'm assuming that, you know, because I guess that's a good question because I was automatically assuming he'd be looking at a previous low on a weekly chart and saying, right, if it falls back below there. Well, you know what happens when you assume. <laughs> Well, you're in that equation as well. Okay. <laughs> you just put yourself in. Um, just ordered your book as a, re uh, a repayment for the free YouTube content. Oh, thank you so much. That is very good of you. But also because I know that you will answer the above question with um, if you read my or the, you said if I read the book. So yeah, very smart move there yeah. for you, Tom. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Very good question, Tom. And it is yeah. a lot of people ask us about that. You know, do I, you know, look at putting how, what kind of weighting do I put on dividend yield? And to mm. me, that's the last thing Janine and I look at. We always look for growth first because growth is where you're going to protect your portfolio. You're going to get much more money. Dividends are just a nice if you get them, but it is in our in our calculations. Obviously, that will depend on your stages of life. If you're retiree, you may want more dividends and a little bit less growth. But in up until you're retiring, it's more growth all of the time because you want to get good shares going in the right direction. Um, now, our next question is from Leonard. And this is another really good question. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. I enjoy watching your live show every week. Um, I was one of the maybe one of the lucky ones who were able to sell all my stocks in February when the pandemic started um, in China. I was in Macau and Hong Kong and saw the immediate impact 
of the virus. Everything was closed down and the busy streets looked like a ghost town in a snap. Um, my question um, is, isn't it beneficial for long-term investors to buy quality stocks now where even the top 20 stocks are at a discount? Because based on the data from previous crashes, high quality stocks will always bounce back better and stronger. And also with the way the market is going, no one will really know whether it will go further down or surge back up um, to some normality. That's why I was thinking maybe it's better to buy good stocks now and position myself for future gains. Um, can you please have a look at uh, BWP? I normally would not invest outside the top 50, but this one caught my attention. Thank you for both being your unselfish work and your professional insights and free education. It's really helpful. Leonard, wow, another long question. Huge question. They question there. Long questions, don't they? They must have been about 20 minutes writing those. Um, looking at that, I mean, I understand what you're talking about. And a lot of people come to us and they say, look, I just want to buy this for two to five years. It's okay now. You know, stocks are cheap. Should I just, I just, my intention's two to five years. And to me, that's, that's a cop out. Mm. It's more of like, well, um, um, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't get it right, it'll still be okay in two to five years. And it's not necessarily okay. I mean, last last week we looked at many, many stocks that you could have bought five years ago and you'd still be the same price. Well, what about if today. you had that attitude around the time of the GFC when the market mm. first fell? Yeah. Where would so, you be? Correct, yeah. and that's the point. And so to me, whilst I understand the principle, you know, yes, the stocks are cheaper now, and yes, we don't know whether it's going to fall below the low of March um, at this point in time. Whilst we think the market's holding up, it has been holding up, had a nice day today and um, you know we do you know if the market is up by the end of the week then you know, I might start to change our mind but the thing is you don't need to get in early that's the point I think we keep saying. I think I think you're also saying that mm. like there are some good stocks that are starting to mm. produce buy signals yes. right now and if they and if some of these stocks continue up they will mm. trigger we will see more buy signals mm. and so therefore but it's not it's a time thing so you're, you're not saying to people if you had a two to five year time horizon you can't necessarily put these stocks in the bottom drawer, even though they're the Correct. big stocks, because what you're saying is the bigger picture pattern on the market. We don't know whether there's further to go on the downside mm. yet. That's what you're really saying, isn't it? Yeah. So if you do mm. go and buy some of these top 20, top 50 stocks, because they generally will lead the market out. And that's really what we've been saying so mm. long is your big stocks will lead it out. If you do do that, make sure you stick a stop loss on it. I think mm. that's really yeah, important. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Um, uh, next, we have an email from Craig. Hi, Dale. I have been trading for two months. Well done. You've started. That's good. I hope you had an education first before you started. Must say your channel is by far the most professional and reliable ASX trading advisory channel that I've come across. Not just a 29-year-old telling me, go all in while the market is down and keep up the great work. I bet you there'll be some people smiling out there at that one. I'm still learning and have a head around most of the basics of how trading works, such as setting of the opening price, market trading times, and how the daily close price is decided. However, there is one thing I can't seem to get a clarity on. Can I just stop there for a minute? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to how the market and how trading works. A lot more than mm. that. I mean, that's just a well, very that's not trading stuff to me. That's not trading. That's just the market itself in terms of the the exchange. It's not even mm. the market and how the the index operates or whatever, but it's more how the exchange actually operates. Well, that's like it? saying, oh, the car's got wheels how and a steering wheel. That's set. not how you drive it, though. Yeah, true. So mm. I think that's really important that we clarify that mm. for you, and I think this is a really good question to bring up because mm. a lot of people ask the same question or don't know this. So before trading um, actually begins at 10 a.m., regu I regularly see my Comsec account course of sales that a number of purchases in the share have already been made. Oh, good observation there usually at much higher values than the previous closing price. Great. Please see the attached example of ANZ shares being sold for more than $20 despite 
being worth much less. What exactly is happening here? And is there any way that I can get access to these inflated prices? I'm thinking about buying your book and I'm wondering, is it available at the audio book? First of all, you don't want an audio book because you want to be able to see the charts and the, the d demonstrations that are actually mm. in the book. But what would you say to what Well, I looked said? at the thing he sent through and I don't use Comsec, so, and I yeah. was sort of Googled a little bit over five minutes on Comsec trying to figure out what their platform is because course of sales is normally what happened yesterday. And no, the but, market's it, but not... it's also more what we do because mm. the, the people who are into the market before it's opened and after and after the close is, is, is institutional traders or people who trade yeah, at an institutional level. What I'm level. thinking what he's actually seeing is the depth of the market pre-trading rather yeah. than okay, the course two of things, sales. So that's what I'm thinking because oh, in the depth of the market, you see all the people always buy and sell orders that they're not necessarily, they're just what people intend to buy at or sell at. That's what you see. And up until the market opens, all of that's irrelevant to you, completely irrelevant because it's fictional. Because they put prices in all over the place yeah, to try to get filled or they were left, mm. trades that were left there that they're going to clear out just before the bell rings. Yeah, yeah, and the big end of town put some crazy prices on to get people going, wow, this mm. stock's going to gap up and it's going to do this. I better get into it. And there's a lot of volume going through. So it causes people to make decisions and paste on. But anybody can place something into the into the, into the the that depth of the market prior to the market opening and then change it at one minute too. And if you snapshot it at 9 and 9.15, 9.30, 9.45, 9.50, 9.55, and then every minute, take a screenshot, you'll find that everything's changing all the time until 10 o'clock, everything's happening differently again. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So People do that want... and you'll see that. And, and the depth of the market is useless to you. It really is. Uh, unless you're a huge, huge trader, like we'll look at it at times, if we're trading a stock that's, I won't say low liquid, but it's not... It's not like a BHP. A BHP. Mm. So we might run a few trades and we might run the trade in, we might break one trade up into 20 or 30 positions uh, because of the liquidity. But most time when we're trading, you won't see how much we're trading. We might be trading $5 million, but you'll only see 500,000 at a time coming onto that. And that's, but they might not even see it because yeah. we sometimes trade in the behind yeah. the market. Mm. So the basically course of sales generally tells you what was sold, every price that was sold yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, so, and no, nobody's going to be buying at, you know, five and 10% above what the sale price was yesterday. So, um, and as I said, I'm, I'm just prefacing this and I don't use Comsec. I've never used Comsec mm -hmm. platform and I couldn't see how they, all the different meanings on some of the things in their platforms. Cause some brokers talk about things and display them slightly differently. I guess than you others. could ask them as well. They ask have... them might have good technical help. And yeah, and you won't be able to get access to it anyway because retail traders can't get access to the market prior to 10. Um, you can only place at limit orders prior to 10 um, and then they'll get action to 10 and you have to stop your orders at 4 p.m. We place orders into the market after 4 p.m. and go match ups and all sorts of stock pulls and all sorts of stuff as institutional traders. But All right, yeah. I think we better get into the chat Ooh. and handle some questions. So First one, Corey, Brambles. Brambles, all right. Yeah, Corey, oh, got in, Corey got in early. He said, hi, guys, love your book. Thanks, mate. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brambles? Yeah, Brambles, uh, look, I think we've talked about this on the show some month, maybe a couple of months back. I'm not 100% sure of whether, whether it was recent or not, but I can recall talking about these tops. Now, you'll notice here on the left-hand side, so to people new on the show, what we do is we focus on the big picture first. Whenever we're analysing a share, it doesn't matter what time frame you're looking at, now you can see this share has traded a number of times up to about $13, $14. And each time it's actually failed to get through it. So that's that can be a bearish sign. And right now, Brambles is not making the moves that would tell me that it's going up just yet. 
it's, and it may go down further. There's always the risk that it could do that. So that's the thing to bear in mind with brambles at the moment. It's not one that I would have on the close watch list right now, but I would still be looking at it from time to time. So that's brambles. Have you got the next Riley, one Riley, BHP, I know you love that one. There's a couple people wanting BHP, so Riley's asking about BHP. Yeah, BHP is a bit of the talk of the town at the moment, and it's actually taken off this week. It's gapped up. So... It actually gapped up yesterday. Now, let me just now, see. Now, Riley bought BHP in Rio yesterday, and he's got a 13% yep. stop loss. What our, so there you go. Yeah, okay. So, look, that means he's probably set the stop loss somewhere down here because I'd say that's where it was. And today it's just shot up. Now, it's early in the week, so what it does by the end of the week, it may actually slow down. There's a lot of resistance across here at the moment, so I'd be expecting it to... to um, you know, it's got a bit of wind in its sails at the moment. And the reason for that is because it's been pumped up a lot and because of what's happening in the commodity space as well as helping to push BHP up at the moment. So we do like BHP. However, just be mindful of the fact that uh, BHP may go up for another week or so and then we may see it come back to test prices back closer down to around $32. So it'll all depend on how the bar forms this week and next week um, as to what we see there. But Look, at the moment, it looks promising. Um, okay, next one. Next one. FMG for Darren. Darren's saying, I'm interested in your take on FMG, um, Fortescue Metals. Yep. It looks to have help up really well. Help. I think he meant held up really well and broken into new territory and continued through to a high today. I'm not holding. I'm not sure if this will keep pushing up. Yeah, look, we're not sure about that good either. Question. So it's a really good question. So this is one of the reasons why at the moment we're not as keen on this one. Reason being is, okay, it's in blue sky territory. And what often happens when a stock goes to blue sky is it often goes up for a month or so and then it will come back down below this, the, these highs or the prior highs, which is the, the GFC high. So at the moment it's gapped up and that's sort of evidence supporting what I'm saying. It's gapped up there on the weekly chart, which means prices generally will come back and fill them at some point. And just to give you an example of that, I'll just open this weekly chart. You can see down here, this is what happened back in 2019 and later the stock came back and filled it. Now that wasn't such a bad thing because then it went on again, but you can see how choppy it went after that. It, you know, it was more or less doing nothing mm. for many months. So that could be the way it is. We get this initial burst with some of these miners with the news and then they just slow down for a little while. Um, alternatively, it might keep going, but, you know, we've just got to work with what we I can see right now. It's interesting at the moment, you know, with you know, the... I was going to say the, tr the war with China, a trade war with China. I mean, obviously, they really want our resources, obviously our food and obviously our um, commodities and Except everything Except for barley, else. apparently. Except for barley. <laughs> but yeah, but then you're seeing commodity prices rising and obviously mm. BHP, Rio, Fortescue all doing quite well. So it is quite mm. interesting to see why the market is strong. Is it just mm. going up because the US market jumped yesterday? No, what they're or saying what is, is that there's this perception about the, the vaccine okay. that's fueling a lot of this, that they're starting to say that things are going to get back to normal really quickly. So look... Yeah, but look, the, the fastest any vaccine's ever made it to the market is seven years. Yeah. We've been two months. Like, exactly. Like I was watching 60 Minutes the other night and the guy the guy there that's some big head in the US said, you're dreaming. Mm. You really are dreaming if you're going to get a safe but vaccine. But they've got to talk it up. 
so that everybody gets interested again, don't they? Mm, so is the market running Perception. on news or is yeah. it running on fact? So that's mm. what we've got to look at. Okay. But I think it's about time we moved on to our topic, eh? All right, now it's time we get into the topic, as Dale said, for tonight's show, which is Economic Recession 2020. Will the Australian stock market rise or fall? That's the big question. Well, it is. Now, discussions on the economics will often leave people, including me, confused. Uh, and the right and right now, opinions differ about what the Australian economy will experience into the future. So we promise not to go into this into any detail at all or heavy detail and to show you a much simpler way of understanding what is likely to occur with our market based on what the market's done in the past. Now the saying a picture is worth a thousand words couldn't be more true. Historical data on the market reveals what has occurred in the past and this is undeniable truth and from this we can determine what is likely to occur in future. Now, so what we're going to do is bring up a PowerPoint if Janine wants to get the mouse going. So we're going to bring up a PowerPoint and show you a few charts. Now, the first few things we're going to show you is we're going to show you the last three recessions and then we're going to show you the 1929 crash on the Australian market and what happened in the Great Depression because that's the biggest recession we've ever experienced or, or I can't remember a bigger mm. one, can you? The, in no. history of what we talked about. So let's just bring up, I've just got to bring this bit up here so everybody can see it. If I just click on here and you should all be able to see that now um, on your screen. And yep. we've okay. gone too far, Janine. We go back up. Okay, so what is a recession? So what we wanted to say is a recession is two quarters of negative economic growth. Now, our December quarter, we were up 0.5%. So mm -hmm. we were almost, we were only just in positive territory in December. So obviously the March quarter, um, we we're in negative. So technically we aren't necessarily in a recession, but the second quarter will be. Um, in a recession. So we'll be in, once we get the next quarter, which will be um, April, May, June, yeah. we, we will be in a, a technical recession. But quite often when a recession I, gets announced, you've already finished it. Well, I think it's quite smart to announce mm. it now, actually, because mm. it tries to sort of preempt it and then let's get on with it. Yeah, yeah let's get mm. on with it. So moving down, if you want to crop the next slide, you want to click onto the next slide so we can have a look at that. <laughs> okay. So looking at this one, what we're seeing here is I've just marked that this slide here goes back to the 1960s, I think. Can you see that yeah, left hand 60s. side? Yep. Yeah, so we've seen the 70 to 74 pullback. Um, this was our recession around about 1974. 73, 74. 73, 74. And you can see what happened with the market after that. Here's the 81, 82 recession. And you can see this is the pullback. So the market fell. 59% into this one, fell 40% into that one, and then we took off to the 87 peak. Came down in 87, down 50%, moved up, and then came back down, and then we had the 1991 recession, which was the last recession that we had. So, so that was the last recession we actually had. Now let's move on to the next slide, and then we're gonna show you, this is a more up-to-date chart. So you can, here you can see the 1981-82. Now this is this sort of 82 recession. That was six quarters in a row, wasn't it? Uh, that was the worst one. Six yeah, or I eight think quarters. It was, I think it was six, because the other, the other ones were two. All the other ones tend to be two. So what's yeah. normal is two quarters negative, and then the market goes positive. And I did see some a chart on from the Australian Bureau of Statistics that had, I think, like the last 100 and 200 years of all the recessions, and I couldn't see one that was mm. three other than, or more than two, other than 81, 82 recession. I'm pretty sure you're so right. So that was the only mm -hmm. ones that I actually saw. So you can see what happened in the market. It rose very, very strongly out of this. And here's your 1991 But in saying one. that though, like when, you, when you're mm -hmm. in it at the time, if you look at what the market was doing, mm -hmm. it was going sideways for a long time. Correct. So we're talking about a market that went sideways for about a year and a half. Yeah, it wasn't falling. It was just going sideways. Yeah, so it didn't really take off until sometime in 83. Mm. 
Mm. So, but there were a lot of false triggers along the way. Mm. Mm. A lot of false triggers along the way. 91, the market came down into this low. Now, it came down, the low it had here was very, very close to the low it had after the October 87 crash because our market bottomed out in November 87. They were within a few points between that low and that one. So it fell down into this and then we went quite bullish. So if, if you're looking at the right-hand side, you can see here the low on this one is around about 1,100 points. And within a couple of years, this is a monthly chart, in a couple of years, it was up around 1,700, so it rose 600 points. Yeah, so you from... could trade it. Like, that's so that's point, about a 50% rise. So, so it's something that could be traded, but then again, when you look at the market mm. from back into 86 all the way through to the, the early 90s, the market mm. was still sideways. It was. Similar to what we're talking about after the recession, the 82, 83 recession. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so this whole period was... Was big after that '87 crash. You had a lot of stuff going on in the, our market, our economy, everything mm. else, and, and we had the, we movements. had the pyramid collapse, collapse in '94, wasn't it? '93, '94. Yes, 94? yeah, yeah. I know. I remember that because obviously I was living in Geelong. I had a business in Geelong. Everybody I knew lost their jobs mm. except me. Mm. Um, they either lost their jobs, lost their businesses. Everybody had a bank account with pyramid. Businesses just closed. Mm. Um, it was just devastating everybody yeah. and you know buildings were empty because you either worked for them or worked you know directly worked for them or worked for somebody else that did work for them yeah actually so. my grandparents were lucky because their financial advisor rang them and said i think you should take your money out and look in the mm. end that sort of action actually caused it that's what caused it mm. and they were very liquid very very liquid yeah. you know um i knew people that were high up in that and there was no reason for that thing mm. to happen it was very much a conspiracy yeah. Very much. We should, it's, Donald it's Trump like should have anything, had his name people, on it. If the fear's there, and it was the sort of environment mm. back then where there was fear. No, there wasn't. That's mm. the thing. No, there but wasn't. they were in the 90s because everyone no, had just come through. The, the pyramid were absolutely slaying the banks. But and I'm that's not, why I'm they not, went down. Oh, so what you're saying, conspiracy theory says that the rest of the industry they decided to... They kept pushing out rumours and rumours because they were absolutely mm. stealing. So be careful what you read, is that They it? were stealing lots of money from the banks mm. and lots of clients. So, um, But yeah... Um, from that point of view. But anyway, let's keep moving on. So bullish out of that 91. And let's yep. move go to the next slide. So this is out of the 1929. Now, this is a yearly chart, people. So we've gone from monthly charts to yearly just to show you the move. Now, our market bottomed in 1932. So it was whilst we had a 1929 crash, that was the big day. So that's two and a half years. That's two and a half down. years. So it took, took, took our market two and a half years to fall down to its low. You can see there it fell down about 50%, just under 50% of its high. So its high was 51 points. It fell down to just above 25 points. But so look at these next, this is, next, this is the next years. One, two, mm. three, four, five, six years up from 1932 mm -hmm. in a Great Depression. Mm. So people go, well, how did that happen? But the question is, has the market ever fallen 40% and then recovered straight away? I don't think it has. I don't think it has. You just made me think then. I don't think it mm. has. And I think that's why I'm still in the back of my mind. Maybe I'm a pessimist. Mm. Maybe. But I like to plan for the worst and hope for the best. So yeah. whilst I think the market's changing right now, and I think it is, as of today, it's looking a little bit more bullish. Mm -hmm. It's giving me more bullish signs. I can't erase the fact that History tells us how things unfold. Mm. And why does a market go up during a recession? Yeah, so what do people do? Because we had a question earlier about buying quality stocks. So mm. that's where I think that question was a really good one because mm. that's where you've got to look mm. in that quality sec section of the market. And that's what you were saying, that that's the area of the market that tends to go it first does. and it's more likely to be sustainable than mm. the bottom end of the market. So we've had this unprecedented event mm. in the coronavirus. 
the crash that nobody really expected to happen that fast, that quick. Mm. We were expecting a pullback into a low, but not as big and as fast and as deep as that. Mm -hmm. We were, Basically, we picked, picked direction. We just didn't pick how fast the direction was going to be and how deep it was going yeah. to be. And we think, well, we're having a high now. We're going to go into a low. But are we, going to, are we getting this wrong? Mm. Is the market bullish now and is it going to be bullish for the next two to five years? Well, you won't know until you've got more data on the right-hand side of the chart. Correct. So now we've just got to make some assumptions. So what makes, what makes a market rise in a recession? In a recession, it's about what is actually happening. Mm. It's, it's what they're doing. So the market actually rises six to 12 months. It factors in mm. ahead of time, six to 12 months, what's happening. Yeah. So we often see these charts of where you've got a picture of the economy and when that bottoms and a picture of the stock market and where that bottoms. Mm. Stock market always bottoms first and starts heating up. Mm. Before everything else. Mm. So what's so what makes a market stop falling? But see, I, you know, I, I just can't believe the economy is just going to be an elastic band and bounce back. That no, I quick. can't believe that either. So you know, if it takes, if it, if they're saying six months, I reckon it's probably going to be twelve to eighteen months because mm. I, I heard someone who's a bit more reliable talking about it. So if it's six to eighteen months, then it's more likely that our market should, in theory, go down for six months at least. Mm. You would think, but this could be different. Well, it could be different, and that's what I'm asking. Is is mm. In times of uncertainty, markets don't rise mm. because, you know, yes, we are easing restrictions, but how many people are going to get their jobs back? And when you do get your jobs back, are you going to spend? If you've lost your job or you're a contractor or you're a casual that hasn't been working for a period of time, yeah, you're getting some of that allowances and yeah. stuff like that. But are you going to start spending when you get your job back? Possibly. Well, we just have to keep watching the numbers. Yeah. So, mm. so you know, who is spending? And is that spending enough? And are the businesses that haven't been operating, who haven't been getting cash flow, are they going to stay afloat? Even if they do open, are they going to be able to sustain themselves for any time if people mm. don't come and start spending money? Yep. So these are the sorts of things we need to look at. But what makes a market stop falling? Well, it's when all the sellers have sold and everybody's, yeah. you know, so, over that. So why mm. are people selling? Because they're panicking. Mm -hmm. So when everybody's finished panicking selling, the market has to go up. Yeah, but then we have the situation like we did after the GFC where mm. everybody, pan there's that initial sell-off and some people were panicking into the low and all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, the, we had a correction mm. and now everybody's buying again. It drifted back up again. Everyone thought it was okay and all of a sudden, bang, it went down again. That was again. my next bit. So, when, so then you get the bottom pickers trying to pick cheap stocks and they push in the market, but then they, don't, they run mm. out of money. Mm. But they push the market up and they run out of money. When they run out of money, the sellers come back in again and push it down again. Yeah. Mm. So that's really where I'm thinking at the moment is we need to be careful for See, that. See, I'm thinking too, right? The institutions mm. look at it this way because they always push the market up into the end of the quarter yeah. so that people, when they're looking at their managed funds or their super funds, they don't see the true volatility of what's going on mm. in that fund. And so at the end of the quarter, they see, oh, it's bounced back up. That's great. Okay, yeah, that's great. But what, what happens if there's a real decline? You know, then mm. they don't see what's likely to come. You see what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it's hidden in the numbers. Yeah, it is. And what we've shown everybody here tonight is that recessions and depressions, the market rises because everybody that was ever going to panic has already got out of the market. And, and what means it doesn't mean, it, it means it's not going to go down lower anymore. But right now, we're not sure whether that's washed out yet. And that's really, I think, what Janine and I are saying is whilst we think 
the market is looking more bullish. We're still being conservative and you don't need to worry about missing out because if this market is bullish, you'll have a ton of time to profit over the next two to five years. But it's better not to play when the market's a little bit nervous and a bit unpredictable. Um, but if this market starts falling away in the next couple of weeks, then it's possible it's going to test that low in, mm. the, in the March quarter. And we will know in the next couple of weeks. I'm pretty confident of that. Yeah. So, and look, I mean, one of the great things about yeah. all of this spending that's going on which mm -hmm. is quite fascinating to me at the moment, mm -hmm. is how when governments do this and they inject massive amounts of money, yep. okay, the market goes up on this knowledge that there's mm -hmm. money there. But the market is, is savvy in that it knows that down the track that's going to mean a boom. Yep. So yep. let's, let's capitalise on that initial mm -hmm. perception of the fact that the money's being spent when you're, what you're saying is eventually the buyers start to run out, it slows down a bit. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? One year, six months. Six months, 12 months, 18 months later is the start of the next boom because mm. that money going into that economy with all the infrastructure and Could we else, get another 91 where we went from 87 up to 90 and then down to 91? Could we get that? Could do. We could get, we could get more than that. We could get more than that. So mm. there's our take on that. But let's get back into some emails. So right. hopefully you've enjoyed a little bit of a discussion on here and we promised we weren't going to get into lots of heavy economics and we didn't. So I'm sure there's plenty of people out there for that. But let's get into some more emails. But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now uh, whilst you... And also give us a big thumbs up and click as you click We know the they've like been button. doing it because there's so many more people now. Well, I like that Which other gentleman great. said, you know, buying my book was a reward for all our free work and our free effort. And I mean, mm. you know, hitting the subscribe button costs you nothing, mm. but it helps us. And just by hitting that subscribe button, we can't contact you. We can't email. We don't even know your name. We don't even know how. We can't message you. We can't do anything. All it means is when you open up YouTube, it'll say, hey, Dale and Janine, I've got another video. Might like to watch it because you liked them before. So hit that subscribe button. And, and it helps you know, our numbers. We, I think we're, we're earning it, aren't we? Um, but the, the next question we got is from Jake who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. I'm still new to investing. Just happened to stumble across the show and I've been watching ever since. Thanks, mate. Um, he said, I really enjoy the content. I'm looking to have money in some more secure stocks, Macquarie, BHT. But it'd be great to get your opinions on CCP or Credit Corp Group. Mm. They're a financial company, but given they're in the area of debt collecting, I feel they may do reasonably well in the next one to two years. They've been on a reasonable upward trend over the last 10 years in particular last four, but took a big hit during the COVID crisis. Uh, they've been a bit shaky last month. So I was just wondering what you think, if it's worth getting into and holding off on, holding off on, I think means holding on for the long term. All right, so I've let's got credit court there on the screen for you. Now, it, it, doesn't has, look it, it did get hit that interesting, doesn't a lot, didn't it? I mean, it's just terrible what mm. this overall pattern that's formed on credit corp at the moment. Look, it is trading sideways. It could just as easily slip lower right now. Uh, we just have to wait and see. But I wouldn't even be looking at this stock until it get, got back above around 18 at no. least $18. Because you want to know that the, the real money or the big money is behind this thing before you get into it because it could just as easily slide south. So, look, short-term opportunity, me yes. Medium-term opportunity, no, maybe, but... Not medium to long term, definitely not. It would be a short term. I think there's better buys out there, don't you? Um, look, it depends. If if this was a stock, if you're a trader, as mm -hmm. you know, and you had this stock on your watch list and, and you had only, say, 10 or 15 stocks that you're studying and it was one of your shares and you, you know it like the back of your hand mm -hmm. and you got your rules and they triggered, you'd still be buying it. Mm. It's just whether the rules trigger. Mm. Cool. Well, you've heard it from Janine. 
Next okay. question. I'm up, batter up. Um, this question is from Fahad. Thank you, Fahad. Hi, Dale and Janine. Thank you for running the show week in, week out. And I really love the format. It's delivered in such a nice informative way and a bit of banter that you have there. We haven't done much of that tonight. I haven't had I a know. go at you tonight, have I? Um, I have a question regarding... Thanks for reminding me of that, That's Fahad. because you bashed me up before the show. I have a question regarding um, NCM. Uh, he's... <laughs> Janine's favourite stock and he put a little smiley face in the email. I see a buy signal on both weekly and monthly charts as it's risen for two consecutive weeks and months after going down since August of last year. I'm looking to enter the stock, have two questions. What are the key resistance levels beyond which we'll have a greater degree of certainty? Wow. <laughs> and should I wait for a retest of the previous lows before actually jumping onto this stock? Would appreciate your thoughts. Thank you, Fahad. Wow. Now, Fahad, um, obviously I can't give you personal financial advice here, so this question's not directed specifically at what you should do. Well, we can't even get into all the resistance level. For us, Janine yeah. and I, to do that, to do it properly, we're going to have to take a lot more than two minutes on this show. I would have had to put a special potion in his drink so that he falls asleep during the show and then we could we could have had this conversation, Fahad. Mm, and we'd be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> so just talk about the stock. <laughs> All right then. Okay, looking at uh, Newcrest, you can see that it's taken off like the miners, it's gapped up. So that tells me straight away there's a reasonable chance that it's going to come back at some point. Now, it could, looking at the weekly chart, and I know some of you are out there saying, Janine, you haven't started the monthly chart, but it could trade up about 8% to fill this gap there on the weekly chart in the short term. Mm. You know, you never know whether a stock's going to come back, fill a gap first, or whether it's going to go up. You, you just have to have looked at the overall analysis to make a, a judgment call, but... Um, right now it looks okay, I mean, in the short term. So there's a bit of momentum behind it because gold's going up. Um, I think that it will ride on that a little bit. But right now, um, I would say that the, in the short term, as I said, about 8% potential downside risk right now is probably around 10 or 11%. It could come back as part of a move if it did come back. So that's my take on Newcrest at the moment. But right now, it's not something... Because I know how volatile this thing can mm -hmm. be, you have to have really good rules on this stock. You do. To trade it well. So, uh, you know, and I, I'm looking at this and thinking, it's actually triggered some rules to buy it. So, you know, but I'm not saying to buy it because you need to go and actually test your own rules and make sure that it's um, the strategy that's right for you and that you've got a stop loss in place and it's reasonable. Cool. So that's Newcrest. You've got the next one. Yeah, our next email is from Felipe um, who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, big fan of yours here. Thank you, mate. Um, I own the two books and completed the short course in share trading, which I would highly recommend to anyone asking to learn how thank to trade. Well, thank you, Felipe. I don't re Do you remember the name? Felipe. Felipe? Probably, I don't know. Um, anyway, Premier Daniel Andrews has just announced a 2.7 billion funding for construction projects. Uh, for those of you not in Victoria, he's a Victorian Premier. Um, for construction progress, including road maintenance, train station upgrades, new schools, school classrooms, social housing. I'm assuming that civil engineering and construction industry will benefit from this, absolutely. Um, I have Dow and Lendlease on my watch list for a while and was wondering if you could have a look at Downer. Um, I know I can only pick one and give me your opinion, taking into account the recent Premier's announcement. Thank you. We're not going to take in the account of the Premier's announcement because that's just when that happens it might happen over the next one to five years we'll look at the chart and tell what we think of the chart now so yeah, let's look at downer look um, i was hoping you'd say lend lease actually but um you know downer we've actually looked at not long ago on the show and this is another one of those shares that's made all of these huge topping patterns at around a certain price so you can see across there on the monthly chart 
on the left, it's met resistance there three times and failed to get through. So often you'll see this sort of fall, not necessarily a COVID type mm. fall, but you'll see a, a reasonable fall after something like that. And this is what's happened on Downer. So there's, you could say there's a lot of upside potential on the share, but there's also a risk that it could keep falling. Cause, Definitely not a buy and hold stock, is it? You know, no, so it's it's a short-term proposition mm. and it's a sort of trade that short-term traders might take that have some really tight stop losses and rules on it. So look, you know, it depends. Um, but look, it's a really messy stock to trade if you look at it. Oh, it is. You know, look at all these moves. Why, you know, if you're wanting to trade a stock, there are better stocks out there that trend in a much better way than this mm. stock. Um, so that's my take You've got to be on your ball for that one. I mean, thing is, mm. it's like a lot of people say to us, oh, this company's doing this or they've announced this or that this really could be happening. And I go, us, well, it? yeah, well, I could be a girl. Yeah, there were good know. stories about Treasury Wine Estates before it mm. got slammed. So, mm. Yeah, and that's a lot of, whilst, whilst an announcement from a premier is quite solid, mm. but it, it really depends on what companies are going to get awarded the contract and who's bidding for it and when the contracts happen. I mean, they could be a contract for three years out. You don't know. Yeah, well, so I, you know, how, how quickly is it likely to recover from COVID? Mm. You know, that's the mm. question, isn't it? To me, it's about you buy, and, buy on what you can 70%. confirm, not what you think mm. or what people have announced necessarily. And that's really what we say is the chart will tell you. Mm. Every single thing is factored into that chart. So the chart will tell you whether the stock is good or bad because if announcements happening, I can tell you at the big end of town, pretty much know what's going to happen before it gets announced. Um, and whilst there's no such thing as insider trading, <laughs> Um, it, they know about it all the time and you'll see movements on the chart and Janine and I have seen that yeah. so often that you know, two, two stocks announce a, a takeover bid and they've already been moving for weeks and you think, how does that happen? Yeah. You know, and it even happened with the ASX mm. um, involved in one. So how does that happen? When was that announced? Remember when the ASX went up with the SFE and everything else oh, and the ASX was, was going ago. up and gave a buy signal and then bang, it went up. I can't remember that investigation. Like, how does that happen? I don't all really right. know. So let's go into the next. So we're going to back into the chat forum now. So okay. we've got a stock for Payola, Wes Farmers. So I'll just oh, bring that up. I knew you'd love this one. Hi, Dale and Janine. I'm completely hooked on your videos. Janine is absolutely amazing. Um, Red Are you Dale's... just saying that because you're a woman? No, no, she said it right here. Vote. You can read that later. Um, Red Dale's book and Thanks. currently sitting on my hands as you advise, <laughs> wanting to know what... Wes Farmers. What are your thoughts on Wes Farmers? That's lovely. I'm really nice that someone's actually written that in. Payola thinks you're amazing. Thank you. Okay. Look, just looking at the chart now, I can see here we can, we've got lots of really nice trending mm. moves on West Farmers. But the thing with West Farmers that you've got to realise is it spent all of this time going sideways. So, you know, it was a really, it was a favourite stock of ours until about 2013, 2014. From April 13, and this is the monthly chart going way back when, look what it did. It traded sideways for years. Now, no stock is immune from declines. And that's one of the things that you're starting to appreciate in watching this show. It doesn't matter what stock it is. It's the stocks are to be traded, not to just sit on. So, and West Farmers looks nice. It looks like it's got this strong support still all the way here. This is a multi you know, year. We've got, we've got five years or four or five years across here of support, which is really um, potentially mm. a good thing for West Farmers. So if I now go to the weekly chart, Looking at it short term, it looks really nice. I'm liking the way that the stock's unfolding. And potentially, I mean, it's just filling this little gap here, but potentially it could head up to around $45. Now, in the short term, if it trades back down, we could see this, you know, that some, some 
retesting of this sideways move we've seen here. That looks good. But look, at across the market, we're now starting to see the big stocks move. It did gap up today. So that tells me because a lot of stocks were moving up today and gapping up, mm -hmm. this is a market-driven move, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why you're seeing it close low on the day because it's now just coming back to some sort of reality. We'll see a test, hopefully, of the, these prices here and then further move up. That'd be yeah. really good for West Farmers. I think your comment earlier that the weekend, the end of the week will tell us a hell of a lot more than the start of the week. That's right, yeah. yeah but I didn't, oh, what I said you before You didn't say about, it that way, but that's what you meant. About BHP, is that what you meant? Yeah, well, you meant it. So. I actually said that to him on the phone today. Did so, you? Yeah. I don't remember. You said a hell of well, a lot of things to me on the phone, I tell you. <laughs> it's like, I think well, you called it the dump. Is that what you called it? The dump. So I'll just dump on Dale. That's what she does. So cool. Got a okay. question for you. Okay, we've got Keep one going. from Simon. Simon says, and I'm not telling you a I joke. Simon says, I have a full-time job and pay taxes. I also trade shares. Do I need to pay, pay a tax on my income I receive from shares trading? Are you an accountant? No. <laughs> but it's a good question. Yes. Yeah, you, basically you need to pay capital gains. You either, so when you're a trader... Um, your best person to answer this is your accountant, um, and you can either be you can be a trader or an investor. So you'll either get capital gains or you'll get income. So if you're a trader, they'll treat anything you sell for a profit as part of your revenue coming in, and all your expenses going out will offset that, and then you'll pay tax. But you pay tax. So I mean, you if can go to the money, ATO website and have a good look. The ATO website is actually really helpful yeah. for all sorts of questions when it comes to taxation. So yeah. what you want to aim for is walking into the tax office with a big bunch of flowers, a whole blocks of chocolates, and a check for a million dollars, <laughs> and say, "There you go." Because if that's what you've done, then you've made an absolute shed load of money. So and don't worry about tax. Okay. It's, it's about trying to make the money. So yep. good question, Next. though, Simon. Um, we've got one from Michael who's asking about OML. Yes. Um, he's saying, I'll, um, hi Dale and Janine, I've bought your great book and love it. Geez, he's just smoothing me up, isn't he? Um, I purchased OML at 91 cents, so it's up to $1.14. My rule is to sell at 30%. What do you think of this share? Have you heard of this one? No. Okay. I don't even know what it is. I can't even is read the title. Is it called OI Media or something? I've got uh, looks no like idea. It. Um, your eyesight's we, worse than Yeah, he mine. bought it at 91 cents, so that'd be about right. I don't know why you bought it there, mate. It's really high risk. Um, okay, right down the bottom, but that's the monthly chart. So yeah. it's just making, now I think we've said before, if a stock goes to a new low, which it did during COVID, can always go lower. But look right now, perhaps it's starting to make a comeback. Let's have a look. Slowly, I mean, the highs aren't really getting much higher. There's mm. not a lot of push on the upside, but it is moving up slowly. There's a gap yeah. there. It may head up towards that $1.80 mark. Uh, that's a big question. But he's saying um, his rule is to sell it at 30%. I don't disagree with his rule. Okay, because like, the, why, why would you use a percentage well, rule? Yeah, well, correct. Why would you where, use a percentage rule? Where did he buy it? 90. 91. 91. So that's going to be somewhere around. So it's going to be pretty close to where it is now. So the golden rule of trading is let profits run, cut losses short. So what you're doing is the exact opposite of that at this point in time if you want to set a stop profit stop. Um, anybody that sets top profit stops doesn't understand the market properly. Um, and really, you're gonna, you could be cutting yourself off at your knees, and it's about risk. Um, when you're in a trade that you're making money on, you can sell it at any time and take your money off the market, and you can take your capital, your original capital, off the market. So you've got zero risk. Why would you go from a no-risk situation and then go back into another one, into another stock, where you don't know whether it's going up, so it's a high-risk situation? So it just doesn't make sense to me. So mm. always, always, always trade and while the market's moving up or stocks moving up stay with it 
but don't set profit stops. It's just not a smart way to trade. But, but, he, but if he doesn't have rules, right? He's well, he's got a rule. It's just a no, but, rule. He, but he doesn't have the alternative. Aren't I allowed yet. to disagree with his rule? Well, if, he, if he's got your book, he's mm -hmm. got trend lines, but right now in this current market, the trend lines are not mm -hmm. there on a lot of stocks. Yeah, but you yet. have a rule on the downside, not the upside. Yeah, an initial stop loss you're talking yeah, about. And a trailing stop loss yeah. to get you out. So, yeah. all right. I'm just saying he needs a better rule. Yeah, I so, agree with you on that one. Yeah, get your boxing gloves out. So, okay, now we've, that was oh, Michael, okay. Chris, yeah, we've got NXT, so Chris yeah. from NXT, let me this just bring This one comes up. up a bit, so this is Next DC, we've talked about before. Yeah, he's talking about, um, hi darling, I don't have tech stocks in my portfolio, but I'm looking to add, I have my own Next DC, it looks overvalued to me, but could justify itself moving forward. Look, um, I think the price action's showing that at the moment, mm. because the, I would agree with him that the, the opens and closes are around the same level. Mm. It'd be nice to see it drop back a bit, just to retest eight just below $9. If it does that and then moves back up again, it could go higher. So we've got to see that first as, as evidence of that. But I, I would probably agree with you. It, look, stocks, when they go higher, they've always got a potential to, to when they go to new highs, which it did during the COVID, which is interesting. Mm. So it could go to $12. That's a potential. It could. However, you know, just got to watch this next move. it's going a bit vertical now. So mm. is that sustainable? That's the thing. Well, generally it only does that for a couple of months and yeah. then it dies out. So that's mm. probably what it's doing a little bit right now. So yeah, I think there's possibly better buys yeah. or better okay. ones to look at. Next question is another really good one from Christopher who says, should I first narrow down sectors, mm. then stocks that are going well from that sector I'm wanting to diversify? Good oh, question. Brilliant. Well, that's what we teach people to actually mm. drill down and do it that way. So you're looking at the market you're trading, you drill down, it's like having a funnel and you're looking at what comes out the other end. So what are the good sectors? So you can actually look at the, the sector charts, just like we're looking at stocks here. We can we look at the sectors um, at certain times during each month, not so much from a bar chart point of view, but we, we can do that. And you can see whether they're moving up, down or sideways and choose the ones that you think are more likely to go up. And it'll be, look, if you learn how to trade stocks and you'll be able to, able to read the sectors and then you're right, you drill down and then choose some of the good stocks that are moving in that direction. But the challenge is to then be able to filter out because there are so many stocks within sectors. So it's about being out, having some criteria for your portfolio and then being mm. able to filter out stocks in the sectors to, to make your shortlist, your, your shortlist shorter. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Next. Question from one of your favourite people, Sonia. Burrell. Oh, Sonia. She said, lovely. interesting, the mining generally seems to be quite strong now under the cover of COVID. What's that? What's happening? I know well, you're into that. I think it's this perception that China, like at the moment, mm -hmm. that, that there's, there's still going to be this demand, ongoing demand, um, especially for com commodities like iron ore. Mm. But I think it's a bit of an elastic band as well because oil was sold down so low that there's this quick response now that, okay, if there's a vaccine, mm. the situation could change and a lot of people are going to be it's going to start driving cars. Therefore, there's going to be a lot more demand. So the oil will dry up and plus... Um, the big players in the oil game have actually agreed to reduce their production. Yep. So all of that, the combination of all of that is helping, the, I guess, the excitement around that. So mm. that the big traders, institutional traders, will be looking for where are the gaps and the opportunities in those commodities areas and then mm. start driving it higher. But you see it in the stocks subsequent to and that. We're a co more commodities-driven market too. If the That's right. commodities are doing well, so are we. Yeah, but then financials but the financials are such a boat anchor, if mm. you like, on our market. And that's why, in terms of the bigger picture market, we're not sure whether the financials are going to continue mm. to hold mm. back 
um, the market, but looking at some of the picks out of the financial market, there'll still be some good ones in there too. Oh, absolutely. Um, mm. Got a question from Daniel saying, hi guys, just a suggestion, can you put your stocks, the stocks you look at in the comments on your videos? Um, I like to listen to videos and for particular stocks. Um, the stock code's right up on the top left. If you look up here, that's where the stock code is right there. Are you serious? Um, oh, Do you think they'll be able to see it? Oh, yeah. I, I think they'll need a magnifier. But, it, but I'm, I'm happy to say it. Yeah, well, we do say the stock code, yeah, but it's always on the chart up in that top left-hand corner. You'll always see the stock code anyway. So. I thought you were going to change the settings on the chart so we'd be able to see the stock code behind the chart. Well, I sort of did, but I didn't. I've changed my computer, so okay. anyway. Okay, let's go to the next question. Mm -hmm. um, Daniel, uh, no, so Kate's saying, I'm from Adelaide. We have zero new cases for two weeks. I was in Big W last Monday, and the manager was saying to his staff, that they had more sales that weekend than the same weekend last year. I'm bullish. Mm. That's really, really, really Smart. nice. Mm. So um, let's go to another stock. And now we've got, um, where is it? Aristocrat Leisure from Virtuoso. He says, reading through your book, nearly at the end, bought Aristocrat Leisure 26. Um, it has had seven of eight weeks in green and just crossed a resistance band around 25.50. Did I time it right or should I have entered sooner? Look, I think um, you know what mm. he's—he he could have entered sooner, but I, looking at where he's mm. entered, it's probably reasonable. And there's a big gap up there on the weekly chart. Looking at resistance overheads, probably around thirty-two dollars. So, I would say um, thirty, thirty-two dollars. I would say it's okay, but it just depends on how you're going to manage the downside. Because what you've got to think about is, okay, did I get in mm. at a reasonable entry? But what is my upside? And is the upside? Um, worthy of whatever risk you're taking so you've always got to weigh up the the risk and reward and say well where am i going to get out and mm. know where i'm going to get out at the start you know what are your options for getting out mm. but you Correct. know i think that's the right way of thinking yeah absolutely it is mm. the right way of thinking so got another question for you um where is it again i just blah blah, blah. Uh, what industry would you recommend to be safest during the current times it's a question from casey what industry yeah. to be safe? Yeah, safe-ish. Safe-ish in terms of investing? Yeah. Look, I think it's um, a bit of a spread, really, across different areas. I think that I would not so much look at just the industry, but I would um, tend to look at big stocks. So I'd, I'd generally be looking at the top 50 on the market. Mm -hmm. And in that market, I'd be looking at some mining stocks. But I, I think in this particular climate, you can't necessarily put it in a box and say, you know, like they've just been talking up energy right now in the media because of the rebound in oil prices. And I don't think it's safe to say to people, look, I think energy is going to be great. Even though at times mm -hmm. people, we get asked this and people say to us, oh, what areas do you think will be good? We'll list off, we think, energy, materials, healthcare. Mm -hmm. Generally, healthcare tends to be more resilient, but there can be times when healthcare is falling as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think there are opportunities across all of the sectors at the moment. I wouldn't be just looking in one. Um, I think I'd just have the feelers across across a broad spread of areas at the moment. Okay. So we'll mm -hmm. add one more stock because I think we're about time. NHC. Yep. NHC. He said yes. So, but as long as 20 people subscribe, he said. Really? So hit the subscribe button now and hit the like button. So mm -hmm. Harry's saying, um, hi guys, uh, thanks for putting on a great show every week. I'm currently holding NHC, got it at $1.05 on the 24th of March. What are your thoughts on NHC? Thanks guys, stay safe. Look, I... Wow, that was a pretty gutsy move. <laughs> Seriously. Did you want to make a comment on that? Sorry? Did you want to make a comment on that one? I just did, didn't I? Seriously, gutsy move. <laughs> 
Um, I'm not sure why you bought it on the 24th of March, mate, because that is that would scare the hell out of me buying that at that point in time. Um, it's holding up, but it's not really pushing through. I'd like to see it right now. I mean, you know, that's buying it down here. That's just, in my view, suicidal. But hey, it's worked for you at this point in time, and I don't know what rules you use to buy in on it, Harry. But, but the worst part is that people try to repeat this at other yeah. times and then get it terribly but wrong. But look at this. It's, you know, looking at the monthly chart, there's its all-time high way back in 2011. Mm. There's the most recent high back in 2019. It's below that low. That was just seriously a scary place to buy. Um, and right now it's not pushing through, so it's just drifting sideways. So this could be just one of those moves where it just moves up and then falls away again. Um, but until it gets through that sort of level there around that dollar sixty-five, I wouldn't even get mildly excited about this. Look, I'd probably get... I'd but he's probably, lucky, I think. I'd probably think it's doing better once it gets through about, what is a dollar fifty-five that yeah. prior peak there. If it, do, if it can get above that, then mm. that's a good move but I, I agree with you that it could just as easily slip away because it's taken out this long-term low that was a serious buy and pray yeah so yeah it really was that's like jumping in a racing car with no brakes okay. in my book anyway but um yep. yeah thanks harry i wasn't trying to be rude to you harry i'm just saying that's not necessarily a smart place to buy but you've been lucky at this point in time but uh thanks for all your questions it's been i think it's been a really interesting show what do you reckon no i think the quality of the questions is amazing you guys are making this really interesting for us as well thank you you're challenging us too some mm. of those questions are tough aren't they yep um unfortunately it's the end of the show and i'm going to bring out my tissues now and I hope that you've enjoyed it and thank you for participating. If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll look at your requests for our upcoming shows. Cool. Now, if you'd like us to see this or would like to see the show continue to grow, then remember to share it on your social media with your friends. And I know some of you do that, so please do hit the subscribe button. As I said, it costs you nothing and it really does help us and help us grow the show so more people can enjoy what we do. But also remember to make sure you put this show into your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube Live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. As always, we're happy to receive your questions, so send in your awesome questions to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Do you know how many people don't do that? They just really? send them into info and then just put anything else. So, um, And please, just put a stop. So you're saying they're you know, not listening to me, is that it? No, they don't listen to you. And I don't know how many times I get people's portfolios and asking what stocks they should be buying and selling and how they should do their portfolio. I'm not going to give you financial advice, guys. Just a stock. It's fine. Um, but that does bring us to the end of the show. And again, we really but hope you enjoyed it. we can talk about portfolio construction. Yeah, but they just read the book and they get that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but told. hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. And always thank you for joining us and thanks for your awesome questions. We look forward to seeing you next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Stay safe. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com dot com dot au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.